Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. It's Brown Ambition Tuesday. Yes, you know you love us. It's the best day of the week. It is really. Tuesdays are, well, not typically, but because it's Brown Ambition Tuesdays, it's pretty awesome. You're still feeling fresh. You're still feeling optimistic about the week that's laid before you. It's not like the hump day Wednesday when you're just dragging. <laughs> right? Tuesday's like anything can happen. And Thursday, can... when you just can't even imagine the horizon on the weekend. <laughs> And then Friday. Ooh, excited. You know, Friday is Black Girls Rock, and I snagged a ticket. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Where's that at? Um, it's always at NJ Pack in Newark, which is literally like a 15-minute walk from my house, so I'm super excited. Um, is that the thing that um, Michelle Obama was at last year? Yes. And mm-hmm. so it's a whole award show that just kind of like honors um, Black women who are doing great things. And what I really love about Black Girls Rock is, yes, they honor some famous people, but a lot of the people they honor are just regular people doing extraordinary things for black women so you will come back with a stack of wins <laughs> yeah oh for sure wins for the year yeah i'm excited to like go because i i volunteer they um they have this summer camp called black girls lead and they um as a like as a thank you for volunteering and teaching the girls financial education they're like hey tiffany here's a ticket so i'm like whoop whoop thanks oh that's so great mm-hmm. how fun i have no idea what i'm doing on friday I'll be following on you, you on Instagram, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm going to have to learn how to use Snapchat. <laughs> Just live live the life for both of us <laughs> while I'm on Netflix. Man, I watched a uh, – I'm going to get into what I've been up to this week on YouTube. But I wanted to – this reminds me of this this uh, TED Talk I just watched. It's mm-hmm. on people who procrastinate. It's like mm-hmm. inside the mind of a procrastinator. And this resonated with me. I mean, you seem like a woman who has your stuff together. But right. I – I am a lifetime procrastinator. It's shocking to me. It has been over 10 years since I left, you know, the care of my parents. And I have not changed one bit. I still don't make the bed. And I still don't do things on time. I'm like always working up to the deadline. And I just can't figure out why I'm like this. Why am I this way? And this guy, um, the TED Talk's on the front page of TED right now. And you can go, I actually just read the transcript and it was really good. Um, I didn't have headphones to listen to it on the plane. Um, but I thought it was really good. He, he he talked about the panic monster that you have inside of you mm. and the little procrastinator monkey. And they're always like uh, uh, battling each other. And he said that the important thing is learning how to uh, harness your panic monster. It makes way more sense when he explains it all. 
(laughs) How to harness your panic monster, which is what kicks in when you have one day before deadlines due. And then all of a sudden you just get all the skills you need to accomplish it that you didn't have a month ago when it, you know, we first were assigned it. Um, Learning how to remember what the panic monster um, feels like and then using that to uh, kick the little uh, procrastinator monkey's butt. It sounds ridiculous, but I really encourage you to check it out. Yeah, honestly, I am a, um, I am not even a reformed procrastinator because I still like am like a super procrastinator. But what I have learned is that I surround myself with team members like for the budgetista who are not procrastinators. So they help to get me in gear because they will set deadlines for me that are way before they're actually due. And then they will ride me until it's done. They're like, did you do it? Did you do it? You say you're going to do it. Did you do it? And I'm like, okay, already. (laughs) (laughs) It always works better when it's someone that you're not super close to. Yeah. (laughs) Like I've been talking about doing a book for as long as I've been uh, with my fiance. And he's always like, what about that book you were supposed to do by Christmas? And that kind of thing. And I'm like, shut up. I didn't really say that. (laughs) I'm working on it. He's like, I've been watching you and i feel like you've been watching a lot of netflix lately though <laughs> don't you hate when someone that you care about like you know holds you to task on something good and you're like if you don't leave me the hell alone <laughs> they see everything it's it's yes. a, it, i you know you instantly get defensive and annoyed instead of focusing on like what they're actually saying yeah, which is like, positive oh, you know what? boo is right wow yeah. thank you so much instead it's like so you're stalking me now so you're watching so i can't have, enjoy myself but let me tell you, I went to, uh, I, I visited, I had a really surreal experience where I got to go back to my alma mater, the University of Georgia, and speak to some students last week. And one of my old professors was like, Mandy, didn't last time I talked to you, though, weren't you working on a book? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, Professor, yes, you're right. I'm getting on it. I'm going to, you know, and like instantly I'm thinking, I got to get on this thing. Like, you know, it's different than that when someone that you don't know so well outside. Um, yeah, like you said, keeps yeah. you to task. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But Did yeah, you do anything special for Easter, like Easter weekend, like this whole kind of like break weekend? Well, I'm really bad. I totally forgot it was Easter. When I was booking the trip to Georgia, I was like, man, why are tickets so expensive? Because it, it came so early this year, didn't it? It did feel like Super it came early. early this year. Um, But actually, since I was in Georgia, I spent my very first Easter with my dad in like 15 years We have not spent Easter together in so long. And we took, we had a long, long, long road trip the day before. So we were so tired. We did not go to church. I'm sorry. Um, But we did have a nice breakfast. He cooked me some eggs and some grits. Oh, so you ate the chickies that we see on TV. That's what you did? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I ate the chickies (laughs) and the little piggies. I had some ham because you got to have ham. (laughs) Yeah, you got to have ham. And then I had some sweet potato pie and I do not apologize. I know. I have been eating crazy lately. I'm just like, like. So I just like today, I took a break and I was like, all right, so, you know, the Academy launch, it did well. And I was like, Tiffany, like, it's time to like groom yourself. Oh, you'd be proud of me. I totally bought big girl underwear today. I know they weren't in a pack and they were on a hanger. And I thought about you. I was like, Mandy would be so proud. It no more gives me underwear. such joy to know that you think of me when you put on your underwear. It really does. It's special. I was like, this is not pack underwear. I was with my sister because I was like, you know, I the last few months I've just been like just focused on work, 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 work. Well, my business anyway. And I have not fully taken care of like myself. And so I was like, you know what? Now that the thing that I've been working on is launched and it's running, 
you know, when's the last time I got my nails done? So um, Superman sent me to get my nails and feet done. I got my eyebrows done. I got my hair done. I'm like, oh my God, I almost look like a person. Ooh, the eyebrows are everything. <laughs> everything. When I say everything, like that alone, I was like, oh my goodness, there she is. <laughs> you know, that is why during times of recession, like during the past recession, so many people were spending more on like manis, petties, and like mm-hmm. um, eyebrow waxing because it's like a little inexpensive treat. Yes you could still afford to give yourself it it means it really changes a lot yes and then like even my sister she was like you're like glowing what's going on i was like no i just actually like scrub my face you're just like like, 20 pounds of hair lighter i know and just like and so we went um because she's like my sister tracy she's like the stylish one and so i asked her i'm like you know i have not bought clothes for myself in literally years. And she's like, no, we always buy clothes. I'm like, no, we buy clothes for the budgetista. And I'm sick of her oh, right yes, now. Oh, yes, you told us. So does she take you shopping? Oh, my gosh, Mandy, I'm so excited. I have like, I'm like, I have four pairs of jeans and shirts and shoes. I'm just like, I didn't even bring them upstairs to my room because I was like, no offending closet. You <laughs> gym shirts. I have to, I literally have about 30 gym shirts. Do you hang your gym shirts up? No, I fold them and oh, it's gotten okay. ridiculous. And I'm like, why do I have so many? And so I'm going to clean out my closet before I put my beautiful new things inside. But I feel like first day of school, I'm like, ooh, that's today, we're tomorrow. Yes, remember that feeling when you yes. had enough new outfits for the first week and then it, yes. felt, and then it felt like you fell off a cliff the next week? You're like, what do I do now? No, one of my friends thought she was so slick in that she, the first week of school, she would wear her old clothes and let us all wear our new ones. And then the second week is when she'd come out and try to stun on us. <laughs> kids high school was real i had a clothing calendar and i would not let myself repeat the same outfit every uh within two weeks are you kidding no i did and i i really kept that thing for about a year it was like 11 no 10th grade 11th grade it was it was the most but yeah i just feel really happy because i'm just like look i i feel like myself again i'm like all right now if i can only stop overeating because honestly everything goes straight to my belly these days it's a, you know, it's a balancing act. Yeah, but this belly is balancing itself quite lovely <laughs> with my behind. I'm like, so you have a booty do instead of a booty. <laughs> like, I just feel like my behind is getting, my, my my stomach is getting as big as my behind. Even though I know it's not, but. This is like, the time of year when those New Year's resolutions get real tough. <laughs> right. January seems real far away. And then yes. you start thinking about next year's resolutions. Exactly. <laughs> And then, of course, all the Easter candy, which is my favorite candy of the year. I mean, the fact that I have a favorite candy of the year tells you something about my sugar addiction. It's like, oh, my God, Easter candy, it is the best candy. Stover's has these eggs that, like, you can get, like, one with caramel. You can get coconut. You can get just all these different flavors. And it's they are everything. And they go to sit on sale, like, the day after Easter to, like, 33 cents and then the day after that's about 25 cents an egg and they're usually about God, you have it all it's dry, it's dry. <laughs> and you know honestly they are life like I'm just telling myself not this year Tiffany not this year and even as I speak I'm already in my mind like ooh I really need to try the the red velvet egg this year after oh. I, I I know it is don't do it please don't join this side this is like oh sorry 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 yeah this is like the meth addiction side right here you're like <laughs> you don't want to I, I can hear you like scratching over there <laughs> I mean, if you want, by all means, (laughs) get yourself to Rite Aid. I know, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm just trying to tell myself. I'm like, well, maybe just one. Just one caramel egg. That's what you tell yourself. And then before you know it, you're like five wrappers in, in the bed, like, oh. Well, damn (laughs) it. I wasn't thinking about Easter candy at all until just now in this moment. 
<laughs> I haven't exactly. had one. Now I'm kind of thinking of those little Reese's Pieces eggs. Those yes. Those oh my God. Fan. Those are so good. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's someone listening now who's like, thanks, Tiffany. Just mm. great. Or Starburst jelly beans. All Ooh. right. Well, I have an update okay. from the weekend. So while I was in Georgia, it was a really cool thing. I got to go back to my college. I haven't been there in five years. And part of me was like, am I old enough to be spreading any wisdom? And the other part of me was just like tripping. It was like going back in a time machine, like so much on the campus hadn't changed. And like UGA is one of these campuses where it's like its own little universe. You know, you really get caught in the bubble. And I had this weird, I had a weird experience where at toward the end of my trip, I was like, I need to get out of here before they suck me back in. <laughs> You know, everyone's kind of like, oh, go to this grad program and, oh, you know, this adjunct professor thing. And why don't you come back? I'm like, I could easily just, you know, be very comfortable here. And I was like, I need to get get, get out. It felt like they were just yanking at my ankles. <laughs> um, but while I was in town, though, I decided to – so, you know, we're thinking about where we're going to have the wedding. And we went back and forth, back and forth. Are we doing it in the DR? Are we doing it in New York? They're just way too expensive. So we decided to do it in Georgia. And so while I was there, I set up like two uh, appointments, three appointments, really, two around Atlanta and then one in Savannah. And I visited them all. And it was like house hunters. But instead of houses, it was wedding venues. And I chose one. Where, where, where? Um, We're getting married in Savannah. I I was hoping you were going to say that. I love Savannah. (laughs) It's real pretty. Um, It's Not only is it like a beautiful town and so charming and romantical Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. the trees and, you know, the water being there, um, but it's so affordable. So we are it's a fraction of what it would cost in New York and even less than what I thought it would cost um, to have a destination wedding, which I thought was going to be. I mean, it's still a destination wedding, but Mm -hmm. um, even less than getting married in uh, the Caribbean. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's incredibly expensive. And I had an uh, inexpensive and I had a really good idea because I had done so much research and I'd been emailing back and forth with these venues. And I was like, you post this on your website, but it says it's from 2015. I need the real numbers. I need to know because I didn't want to go visit a place if I Mm -hmm. knew it was out of my budget. Um, exactly. And we were mainly looking at like garden manor kind of um, mm-hmm. kind of deals, pretty. like you know, really pretty gardens and stuff. And this place ticked every single box. Ooh. It's a beautiful home on a beautiful farm, and it has, but it has a modern twist. And not only that, but the people there are so professional. Okay. And I mean, the price was right, really right. And mm. I was chuckling because so my my dad and I, my my dad made the road trip with me, which was really funny, and um, I could feel him kind of you know tearing up. When we, were, when we were looking around the venue and you see the ceremony site and he's just he's such a tough cookie, but uh, he was getting a little emotional. But at the end of the tour, they bring you into the office and that's where you talk, talk the numbers. And I'm yes. like, I'm rearing to go. This is my favorite part of the whole thing because I'm not messing around. I know my stuff. And mm-hmm. um, he's telling me what this costs and what that costs. And he's like, I just want you to know, I, I know it's going to sound like a lot, but here's your estimate. And I was like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god i was so happy like is it like so like in comparison like let's just say you know uh, like the northeast is it like half a quarter well okay so the average wedding in new york city is over fifty thousand dollars mm. let's just go ahead and say that this wedding is going to be less than fifteen thousand dollars okay awesome um and we're paying all in cash and i feel really amazing about that and we're paying all in cash and and we're still gonna i mean i'm it's not like i'm depleting my hard save mm-hmm, hard mm-hmm. save savings um for this wedding and i feel amazing about that we're still gonna have a fun wedding the key yeah. the key to keeping it on budget for us is going to be keeping that guest list down yeah 
which we're accomplishing in a couple of different ways. One is um, we might do an 18 and up rule. I'm not sure yet. Okay. For attending the wedding. I like um, that. You know, feel free to bring your baby, but you got to get a sitter. Um, and <laughs> and since it's four hours away, so Savannah is about four hours outside of Atlanta, where my family's from, okay. um, that, you know, people may not want to make that drive. This mm-hmm. sounds terrible, but this is <laughs> something to think about. And then uh, obviously, fiance boo's family is in New York, and they may not um, yes. be able to, in, in the DR. And, um, you know, I think destination weddings are awesome in that you really get the the people uh, that's supposed to really be there. The people not that people. really want to be there. Really you know? want to be. That's what I meant. I'm and not that I'm. Bit. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> and not that it's not that your willingness to spend money shows how much you love. But you know, if we're obviously gonna, we're prepared to help people. You know, family, close family, if they need a little help, um, coming down. But um, it's 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 definitely gonna be less expensive than if we were to do it in New York, when it, which it, it would be so easy for everybody to come. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or doing it in Atlanta, where everybody could show up, and you don't know who they're bringing. You know, friends, cousins, kids you didn't know they had, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I don't know. I'm so happy. It feels like this huge weight is off my shoulders. Ooh, and Savannah. I can't wait. And my budget is happy. It feels really yeah. good. I encourage everybody to save for something and then be able to afford it. It feels very unique. It feels very special. It does, honestly. <laughs> Go ahead. We need to do the call out for emails because we left that till the very last minute last time. Just yes. in case you don't know, um, we want to take your questions. We'd love your comments. If you have yeah. any tips on how to save on a wedding or how you saved on a wedding or what you regretted paying for in your wedding, um, email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. You can always tweet us at the BA podcast. I love when you tweet us. And then like even when you tag us personally – at Mandy with an I, Woodruff, and at the Budgetista. I love like reading the tweets, like especially when you tell me stuff like Tiffany, stay away from that pack underwear. I'm like, thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're pretty generous retweeters. We are <laughs> and favoriters. Mm-hmm. I love I love getting tweets from y'all. Um, so I was telling Mandy, like you know, that I wanted to try something different when it came to Brown Break. That I wanted to have uh, a, a positive alternative. That sometimes, yes, indeed, that we want to take a brown break because it's brown break time. But what if you're like, you know what, I actually want more of something? What if you're just like, you know what, I'm actually not trying to break, take a break this week. I want a little extra dollop and of goodness. And so um, I came up with the name Brown Boost. And so I kind of want to do um, a brown boost this week instead of a brown break. So you are allowed. Yes. So, I'll, do, I'll do a boost, too. Okay. So my brown boost, I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell. I have an extra little pep in my step, a little extra happiness in my voice. They, they, can't, I have, tell <laughs> they can't see you. I know. <laughs> and so, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, the last few months I've been working, like, on a project, and it's finally done. And it just, I mean, it was a good project. It was for my business, but it just was very all-encompassing. And now that it's done, I'm like, whew, I feel like I've emerged from a cocoon and... I'm just really like excited to get back to more balance. So I wanted to take or give myself a brown boost of balance. Like I want to hang out with my friends more, hang out with Superman more. Of course, I still, you know, work on my dream and work on my business, but not to, for that to be the only focus, which is I, I feel like it's been for a few months. And, and just even like I know balance is such a deceptive word because especially for women, you know, we think that balance means that at every given moment, everything is spread equally. 
And I've learned to forgive myself to say, no, that's not true. There may be four or five months where I'm working on a project where that gets the majority of my attention. And then when I'm not, I'm leaning more into family. To me, balance is just about hitting all of the things that are important to you, but it doesn't have to happen all at the same time. And right now, like I don't have any major things on the horizon right now, so I'm just really leaning into family and friends. Like I babysit my nephew. Uh, my sister just went back to work. He's seven months. I babysit him on uh, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings for like four hours. And that's part of my balance. And I love it because it forces me to stop. Because he's like, computer, work. <laughs> we'll see about that. That computer is meant for YouTube and for me to watch my little like baby channels. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just made me really happy. I just feel like light and balance. And I feel cute since I got myself a little bit snatched since I was looking crazy coming out <laughs> of the winter. And um, yeah, brown boost to balance. I like it. I like the positive spin on things, especially given the fact that there's been, like, how many terrorist attacks in the last yeah. week? It's like every time you turn on the news, it gets it's bad. You know, my brother and I are planning a trip to London, and he's like, should we still go? And I had to say, I I know this is kind of a term, but I, I, I still want to go. And I guess my rationale here is I work in Times Square, New York, and I mm-hmm. feel like – Every day is a gamble going to work, especially um, in the wake of some of these attacks when there's, you know, I go to I get off the train and there's all these people in SWAT uniforms and dogs, you know, bomb sniffing Mm -hmm. dogs. And just today there was a package that someone found, a a dog sniffed it and they had to call everybody out. And I don't know, I just feel like, you know, what's worse than Times Square? (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel you. When people tell me like, don't travel there, it's dangerous. I'm like, so I live in Newark, New Jersey. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yeah, that's true. There's probably a bigger, a better chance yep. that, you know, petty violence could happen, you know, theft or something like that in a place like New York or, or New Jersey than, you know, something crazy on the scale of um, a terrorist attack. Exactly. So I just, I mean, I totally get it. You Are know? these famous last words? I, hope I know. Right? <laughs> no, I think that the truth of the matter is, of course, you want to be smart. We want to be, we don't want to be like that young gentleman who went to North Korea to steal a poster and now his life is is ruined Mm. you want to be smart you know when you travel but you also don't want to be afraid of the world like you know there's always going to be something so you have to balance being smart with sting still seeing the world i think yeah and i've always i i i don't believe that we should let you know terrorists dictate where we travel where we put our money at um, but we are being pr- a little bit cautious. I think I will buy the trip insurance. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I feel like in the wake of some terrorist attacks, um, airlines, like especially after Paris, airlines have been understanding when it comes to refunding um, travelers. Um, so I'm going to do some more research and, and look into that and see if it's worth um, paying the extra little bit for trip insurance. But I don't foresee any any horrible events. And girl, speaking of balance, I really need to get out of the country. I really do, and I want to. <laughs> I want to go see my Harry Potter play. <laughs> When's the last time you traveled outside of the country? Well, okay, technically oh, that yeah. was a month I ago. I was going to say, wait a minute, did <laughs> you just come back to the DR? Yes, that did. is much different than traveling to London, though. That's a different kind of vacation. You know those trips where you go to like feed your brain. Yeah, and I feed know. Your, you, you know what I mean? Like feed your knowledge of the world and your worldview. Mm-hmm. This is what this trip to London is going to be for me versus DR, where it's like, uh, give me a Fun pina colada and a lounge chair. <laughs> No, I feel you, though. That's like when I went to um, India, that was like feeding like, but not so much my brain, more so like my soul, because it was so I knew it was going to be so different from anything I'd ever experienced. And it was it was just beautiful. 
Um, and I loved it, honestly. It was probably one of my favorite trips ever. But then, like, when I go to Jamaica, I'm like, look, I'm just here for some beach, for some sun, and, like, some fun, basically, you know? Y'all's queen. Yeah. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Broad City. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So let me turn this into a boost because I have been thinking, you know, although uh, we have been, uh, I've been saving for a wedding longer than I've been engaged, real talk. Um, and I'm prepared. <laughs> and I'm prepared for that. Nothing wrong with that. You know what? I encourage saving for a wedding before going out and buying a wedding dress before you're engaged. Like that to me makes more sense to like actually be saving for a big expense in the future. But um, even though I've saved up for it and we feel pretty good, I am preparing myself for the next year to like really scale back. Not that I've been living outrageously now, but scale back um, my expenses for the next year so we can save up for stuff that um, comes after the wedding, like a honeymoon. And I still want to buy a house desperately. And I don't want that plan to be derailed um, because of the wedding. So I am in the process of rejiggering my entire um, budget. And I think this is going to be less of a, I usually have a, a biweekly spending allowance I give myself. I've got to cut that back. Okay. I've got to cut back on a lot of different things. Maybe I'll share my new and improved budget. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be difficult because I've slowly scaled up a little bit of what, you know, a little bit of things like Uber yeah. and the eating out and the dropping the laundry off to get done and picking it up later. Um, those things certainly add up. No, you're right. And it's so crazy you said about budget. Like, I don't know. I love, it's so weird. I like literally love working through my budget. So I spent all of Saturday, like almost since the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep, working on all of my numbers for my, like my entire life. I was like, all right, okay, budget needs to business. Let's work on those numbers. How much are we spending? Where's it really going? How much are we making? It doesn't make sense, these decisions. Then I did my new business, the Live Richer Academy, because I, I actually created that as a separate business, like a separate LLC. Do these numbers make sense? Who do we have to pay? Let's get this down on a spreadsheet. Like, let's see what this is going to look like monthly. And then I did my personal budget, which was like my most fun because I get to see like, and you know what I found, which I was like, wow, like I truly am the budgetista because you would not believe how much my personal life costs me monthly. Very little. Yeah, I live really <laughs> simply. I mean, well, I will say because some of you might be listening in other states, you might be like, that's a lot. But for where I live in New Jersey, I, my personal life costs me a little over $1,800 a month. That includes everything. Food, shelter, clothing, like just everything, a little over $1,800 a month um, as a grown adult woman. And so I was like, wow. And so it's really the business stuff that's like the most costly. Um, and so just doing my budget and seeing the numbers and just making decisions and saying like, I actually opened up a new savings account. Um, I opened up a, a savings account for my my godson and my my nephew. And it was just nice, like, to go in and click, click, click. Like, I went to Ally. I know Ally's like, what is happening? I was like, click, open new one. Click, open new one. <laughs> so do you have, because I used to do this, and I've stopped doing it as much, but I would open a new savings account for each individual goal I had. Do you still do that? I do, because I had to learn, and this is what I believe. I think that you, you should work the way your mind works. So especially with your finances, instead of working against yourself, like, I know I'm a very segmented person. I like to think of things in categories. And even though for some people it's not practical to have eight accounts, I like looking, going to Ally and seeing like, okay, I have one called Gabe. That's my godson, my best friend's son. One called Roman. That's my nephew. I put 50 bucks a piece in each of them. Then I have one called um, 
taxes because I have to pay taxes quarterly. I have one called give because I, I donate 10% of my income. And then every, I used to pick an organization once a year. Now I just kind of like pick as I go. So, you know, if I have like a thousand bucks in there, I'm like, oh, you know, does this school need books? Let me buy them for them, you know? Um, and so I like having those categories because it lets me know right away when I look, I know what I have and what I don't have. And me and um, Superman have one. It's just called our names, Superman and, and Tiffany. I mean, his real name. Um, and at first it was supposed to be to go on vacation. And now it's really to buy our first home after we get married. And so it's just nice that, you know, he gets to see. And so I call it my allocations. And at first Superman didn't get it. And, you know, you know, he wasn't really like super financially not that he wasn't savvy, he just didn't, like, it wasn't his thing. But the other day, I heard him tell his best friend downstairs, I was upstairs, no, nah, man, you got to allocate your funds. Look, put 10% here. I nearly peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was, so, I almost ran downstairs, and I was like, yes, yes. But I was like, Tiffany, get, get, get yourself together. You know, but I love, like, knowing that, like, this part of my, I'm influencing him to do better with his finances without me being a nag. Remember we used to talk about that? Like, how do we get them to change? Mm -hmm. And just like, yeah. So I like it. Yeah, I like my segments. And so I worked on that all Saturday and I feel so good. Everything is automated. All my money is flowing. I have my little allowance and it just makes me feel happy and in control. Yeah, I've got to sit down and do that. And I like, I really enjoy that process too. I love paying bills. It feels so nice. Mm -hmm. When you know when it's not, when you know what it's like to really stress about that every month, it, it feels nice. And um, anyway, I, in order to get to where I need to be for the year, I've got to, I've got to sit down and readjust. I haven't done that probably in two years and I've been living kind of the same way. And I feel like I could use like a readjustment. It's like getting my back realigned. Exactly. It's going to feel amazing. And I paid off my, um my credit card. Like I've had credit card debt since like I, had, I was a, a victim of a credit card scam in my late 20s. And then between that and just growing my business and I use my credit card a lot, I've had debt forever. I wrote like a lump sum check and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I, I'm nearly debt free. All I have is these stinking student loans. But other than that, I don't owe anybody anything other than student loans. That's a great feeling. I know, until I get rid of these student loans. If, when I get rid of these student loans, what? I am going to run naked in my new underwear in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, I'm, I've been student loan debt free for a while, but I had, I mean, a lot less than that. I didn't go to grad school, so I didn't have that grad school debt. Um, that can weigh you down. What? It's That's like one of the main not- reasons I haven't gone to grad school. I've been kind of toying with the idea, but I refuse to do it if I'm going to have to take out 50 grand in debt. I just can't do it. Yeah. Got to find some find scholarships. Somebody, yeah, I was going to say, somebody will pay. I was lazy about scholarships. Somebody will pay you. Yes. I think, and a lot of the the kids at the at the school when I was talking to them had you know talked about grad school like it was a foregone co- conclusion, and I'm like you can't or like it was you know they they were really emotionally tied to the idea of having that degree, or studying a certain field, and I'm like there you need to like remove the emotional aspect of the decisions you make about education because so often those are also financial decisions, and I think that people treat them too emotionally, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I got to get that Columbia, uh, someone I talked to really had to get that Columbia University. She really wanted that Columbia University pedigree um, mm-hmm. for grad school. And I'm like, but why? I don't understand when so, you can do so much with so, for so much less, you know, closer to where you live or a different school. So that's funny you should say it. So one of my, my baby coaches, she's not a baby because she's like 17, 18. She's super duper smart. I mean, damn near perfect SAT scores. I think she's like 50 points away or 100 points away. I mean, just always been like super smart kid. So she got a full, full scholarship 
to Howard University. I mean, full housing, school, books, literally everything. They're like, all you have to do is breathe. And then, but she also got into Harvard and Princeton. And so her dad, of course, is like, I, you know, struggling with, do we send her to the school that gave her like everything? Or do we send her to like these Ivy League, this Ivy League school, which I don't know how much money, she'll probably get something. But, you know, it's like the name, like, oh, I went to Harvard. And I was like, man, send her to Howard, which is still a good school. It's an amazing school. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about anything. I said, the biggest gift you can give her is that she's got a great college education and she doesn't owe anybody for it, not even for books. I said, you know, Princeton and Harvard and Yale, those places are great. Now they're going to give her full rides. Then you can like, you know, take a look to see what she really wants to do with her life. But if they're not giving her any money, do not because she'll owe so much just to say I have a, you know, a, a Harvard degree, which, you know, definitely can take you places, but the first place it's going to take you is dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in that case, you you could maybe try playing the Howard University's offer off on the other instant, like the other college's offers. I mean, it's negotiable. If you have a full ride from Howard and you've got obviously um, uh, amazing academic credentials, I think you have the powers in your hands. I mean, those universities want you, especially if you're a minority, they mm-hmm. want you. Um, and I think there's room for negotiation. I wonder if they'll try that. Yeah, I'm going to, well, now that she said it, I'm definitely going to like, I just saw him this weekend and uh, we were all hanging out and it was so crazy to hang out with my uncle as an adult because I'm like, yo, he's fun. You know, as a kid, he was just like, he was young. When I was a kid, he was like in his twenties. And so he's not that much older than me, but I'm like, yo, Uncle Tony is fun. He's not like some old uncle. This is the cool uncle. (laughs) And so, yeah, he was just sharing that with me. So I'm definitely going to tell him like, yo, like definitely negotiate. She's smart. She's bright. Great grades. Great kid. You know, she can go anywhere. Hmm. Well, this turned into a tip segment. I know. I was thinking that. Break segment. We're just going <laughs> to call it a day. I'm going to boost. I'm going to take a brown boost for my budgeting and rejigger my budget. Do not be afraid to redo your budget. <laughs> what do you call it? Rejigger? Rejigger. Is that <laughs> a real funny. word? It's, no, does is it sound a, kind of racist? No, it's it not. sounds like a down, a, sound, a down south thing. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, did that come from Atlanta? Listen. <laughs> I had me some pralines <laughs> earlier. I brought them some. It gets, it gets real bad when I talk to my sister, though. She's so country. I don't know what happened. We were raised <laughs> in the same household, but she just went one way, and I went the Midwestern way, and she is so – but anyway, when I get around her, I get real thick and country. Really? I want to hear yeah. it. I'm like, I just going to rejigger my budget real quick. Let's <laughs> go and pour a little bit down there, add a little bit here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what about tips. so yes tips right is there any anything that stands out that you want to go over quickly a question someone sent us yes we have a well this isn't a clear and cut tip question but I wanted to share it because I've been I've been keeping it in my back pocket for a while this is a question from someone who wants to remain anonymous okay. um, and it's a, a young woman she says I'm hoping you'll be able to give me a nugget on confidence. Since I haven't completed my higher education, I'm 60 hours away, I've internalized that as a roadblock. However, I was just recently hired as a research analyst. This position requires a bachelor's. So I think it's been a mistake, and at some point, they will find me out, quote unquote. However, on the other hand, I can so clearly do the work and have some transferable experience. So there's something in me that's pushing me to seize the moment and go for more. 
to ask to be promoted to a project manager. My peers respect me and address me as if I have some sort of leadership role, and I've been very careful to display nothing less than a very professional image. I'm now just hoping to stay focused on the reality of me not having a degree, but the possibility of becoming way more than I could have ever imagined. Do you have some sort of wisdom that you can exp- uh, that you can share about not having the confidence you need to push forward and ask for more? Mm, this is a good one. I think this is all about that feeling that a lot of people have, which is the imposter syndrome. Yes. You know what I mean? Where you feel like, I, I feel like this a lot. You know, when I was hired, my first few jobs, I'm like, they're paying me this much. Do they know that I'm not that good? <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to take it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of people go through this, especially women. Um, and it can yeah. really, it can prevent us from raising our hands, like she says, for an opportunity because mm-hmm. you feel like you're not cut out for it. I'll say, like, honestly, I mean, like you said, Mandy, I think so many, especially women, I mean, maybe guys feel this way, too, but it's just they're better at um, hiding it. But certainly when I first, first started doing, um, when I first, first started my business, I felt like the biggest imposter because I'd gone to school for marketing and I was a preschool teacher. And here I am teaching people basic financial education. And I kept making it a point to like reiterate, like, so I'm only a school teacher, but I am good at budgeting because I learned at home, but I, I'm only like really stressing mm. the less, you know, because I felt like I don't want to trick people. I don't want them to think that I'm like this, like, you know, investment guru, even though nowhere on my website or anything ever said that, but I felt like an imposter. Like, why are people listening to me? They should not. Even I remember Prudential hired me. The first people that ever flew me somewhere, they flew me to Houston to speak on a, a panel at Megafest, and, which was huge. I didn't even know what Megafest was, so I Googled it. And I was like, whoa. And I remember literally calling the rep and saying, so, yeah, here's the thing. I'm only... <laughs> And I told her, I'm like, you know, I'm not a certified financial advisor. This is She's like, Tiffany, we know it says it on your website. I'm like, I know, but I just, I'm not sure that maybe you have the wrong person. She's like, Tiffany, you think Prudential doesn't do its due diligence? We're like a billion dollar organization. You think that we have not researched and made sure that you are everything that you said that you are? We're choosing you because we want someone who has this education background that talks like in plain, simple English and that can share like some usable daily financial tips that people can do. We're not looking for, we already have a financial educator on the panel. I mean, a financial advisor on the panel. And I was like, oh, okay. And so the only thing that helped me gain the confidence was to continue to do the work and to do a good job. Like it didn't just come overnight. It was just, I just kept doing the work. I was always honest and transparent and, you know, and doing a good job. And as I continue to do a good job, I was able to kind of say, Tiffany, you're doing a good job. Like, regardless of the fact that you don't have a degree in this or whatever, you're doing a good job because you put the work in. And so I don't know that there's any magic wand to tell her, you know, anonymous, other than when you do good work, that in itself kind of helped to, for me anyway, to boost my confidence. And, you know, now... Uh, I still have moments, of course, of self-doubt, but not nearly what I had when I first started. I think that um, I think that her confidence will grow with time. But I feel like, I mean, realistically speaking, it is a lot tougher to move up without a bachelor's degree today. I mean, countless research has shown that. Um, but she's in a unique position in which she's been able to get into a, 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 um, a position where she can move up. 
um, without having that experience. And I would say, so long as nobody's complaining about it, keep moving forward um, as much as you can. I don't think it's worth you, worth giving up this job opportunity to go back to school, especially if that means, um, you know, taking on more debt, you know, with the idea that maybe when you get out, you will, you know, get, you'll have the experience to be that project manager. Meanwhile, you've given up two years of work experience to, yeah. you know, to finish your degree. Um, I think that when you're in a comfortable position and you and you find somebody in the company, I would ask them, maybe ask someone from HR or ask someone else in the company um, in a similar role and say, um, do you think this will be an issue for me to, um, to move up? Um, otherwise, maybe just raise your hand and don't ask any questions Mm -hmm. and see if they'll you know they'll bring it up chances are they have your resume they know your work experience and they're impressed by it and they're not thinking so much about your college experience I think as we move move up in your career it's it's less and less about what you studied or where you studied it than whether or not you can do the work and you have the skills and clearly you do and I think that you should be more confident about that I, I would say though like you know go ahead and finish your degree because I have known people who have moved up in higher ranks in one company because of their skill set but they weren't able they wanted to go and go work for another company but because the other company didn't necessarily know them and know their work and so that that's when the degree became an issue like oh you want to come here you want to be VP yeah I know you're a VP over there but you don't have your master's here you know it so, becomes one of those, um, like getting your name on the top of the pile. You have to yes. tick, you have to tick off the first few boxes first. Exactly. <clears throat> so you know, I definitely like you know if you're if you're I'm, I'm assuming that you're continuing to work on your degree. So yeah, I'd say finish, and you know, put the work in, and with time, as you start to you know, you'll start to hopefully start to believe in yourself as you start to do good work, and or continue to do good work. It would be really nice if your current employer offered some sort of tu- tuition reimbursement. Yeah. If you haven't asked or if you uh, if they do offer it, take full advantage of that. I think anybody who has that option at their jobs, um, if you have a little money that you that they'll pay you to go to school and, and further your education, do it. I mean, that's yeah. an investment directly in yourself. And you can take that with you to the next job. Exactly. Um, and that's no questions asked most of the time. They don't like make you stay there for several years afterward. Exactly. My sister did that. And she's like, man, that was like the best. She has her MBA, you know, courtesy of her last position. And then she left. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not why she left. She, you know, she wasn't like, hey, suckers, thank you. You know, she, but it, it definitely was great to say, like, I don't even think she owns any student loans because she had paid off her undergrad and she, her graduate school student loans are gone. So it's a great feeling not to have those daggone student loans. Yeah. And it can weigh on you. I think personally, if it's something that you feel really um, embarrassed by, or you feel like you're disappointed in yourself for not finishing, then I mean, that's I think it's worth it to finish that so you can be really proud of yourself. Um, So good luck. Yeah, good luck, Anonymous. All right, moving on to wins, man. Wins, wins, wins. So this was the oldie but a goodie. We kind of talked about her before. Marley, she had the movement, um, thousand black girl books. And she just got, Forbes just did this really great article about her um, where they kind of went into like really, I think, fully explaining why uh, black girl books are important for black young women. And, you know, why she started this movement. I know we've seen her on Ellen and all these other things. And it's so crazy because I actually know her mother really well. And I volunteered for their organization, like, for the last few years. So just to kind of see her all over the place is kind of surreal. I'm like, Marley? Really? From down the street? 
But um, so yeah, so if you don't get it, didn't get a chance, you should definitely read the Forbes article. It's on our Brown Ambition page on Facebook. You can just click on it um, and just kind of get a better understanding of like why it's so essential for young women to see themselves and the things that they read and experience and how that can really shape and uh, transform lives. And so that's kind of my win. Marley's still killing it in these streets. A thousand black girl books. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to do a shout out for a friend of mine. I'm not going to share her name because I didn't ask for permission to put to put her business out there on the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this is a friend of mine who I worked with and she was recently let go um, from her job. And within two weeks, she managed to score an even better gig at a very uh, big national magazine in, in New York, based in New mm. York. And I wanted to give her a shout out because I feel like um, so often people are afraid. And this is really fresh for me because um, a lot of the kids I talked to at UGA last week um, wanted to hear about what I did when I was laid off when I, you know, my very first job in New York. And I really wanted to express to them that layoffs happen, especially when you're in, you know, working for other people besides, you know, yourself. And it's a it's a reality. And I feel like it's really important to keep that in mind that they can happen, but then to prepare for the worst. I mean, the same way that I save up or you should save up um, for emergencies, you should be working your contacts, you should be saving your emails, you should be leaving a trail of happiness wherever you work, so that when you're in need of a job, you can reach out to those contacts and people will lift you up and and help you move on to the next phase as quickly as possible. Mm. And I'm not saying that anyone who's ever been laid off and really struggled to find work because I've been that person before, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're early in your career, you don't have any don't have many contacts. I'm not saying that you are not um, working hard or worthy of finding something. I'm just saying that uh, people who pay close attention to their to the bridges they uh, cross along the way and don't burn mm-hmm. them down. Um, it, it's so much easier. Um, for you to get back on your feet and it's so possible and I was really inspired by how quickly she bounced back yeah and that's great but like you said sometimes like I've had like friends of mine bounce back really quickly and then the next time not as quickly and sometimes I just think that you know there's such a such a flow to life so sometimes you're not supposed to bounce back as quickly because there's something you're supposed to do in the meantime maybe you know, I don't know, maybe you you need a break because you've been going too hard and your body's like, actually, we need a break. So we're not going to get a job right now. Or maybe you have to really ask yourself, I'm chasing after a position, but is this what I really want? Have I taken a step back and asked myself, what is it that I desire? So there's all these reasons for not necessarily getting a job right away, but congrats to your friends because that's awesome, especially if you're a let go. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, thanks, because I'm living a doper life, li- living la vida loca. <laughs> and- <laughs> well, some people, they, some people, and I've seen this happen, they get, re- they, I, they, so much of their identity is steeped mm. in where they work and, you know, where they hang their hat at work every day. And I feel like um, if you have your, in your your real value system set where you're valuing things that are within your control um, that matter a lot to you, like family and, you know, where you're putting your money and the things you do with your free time. And you're really happy and feeling confident in that part of your life. Jobs come and go, you know, companies have bottom lines, companies have businesses and shareholders and other people who, you know, have higher priority than you sometime. And that's just a reality. And I, I think we should all be like, um, have a good perspective on that and then know what really counts, which is usually, you know, not the nine to five. All right, that's the show, man. Another episode of Brown Ambition under 
in the in the can. What's the expression? Sometimes I feel like I'm like a foreign exchange student. I'm really bad at <laughs> expressions. Uh, you sound like my dad. Oh my gosh, he'll just say stuff. We're like, what do you say? He'll say something like, "Don't put me on that space book." You're like, Daddy, Facebook. <laughs> you know, or like I remember like when Biggie Smalls was out. He's like, "You and this Biggie G, you love him too much." I'm Biggie like, G. Big, yes, and so. Like, he used to always mess up sayings, and we used to think, because my dad is, a, he's born and raised in Nigeria, so American sayings are not, obviously, something that they say in Nigeria too often. So we'd be like, what is he trying to say? He, he might say, like, instead of, like, like a moth to a flame, he might be like, like a moth flying around. You're always drawn to these things. You're like, daddy, that's not the say. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I aspire to be like that one day. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.